The views and opinions expressed on From the Mouths of Madness are that of the panel and not of the Geeks Under the Influence Network or their sponsors. Listeners, beware. Straight from the Mouths of Madness. I'm Lowdown with me as always is. Evie Hunter. What's up, you uh, chainsaw zombie bitches? Chainsaw zombie bitches. Yeah. Well, I guess chainsawing. I don't know. Like, mm. yeah. Birdman bitches. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Birdman bitches. Bird yeah. Bitches. <laughs> yeah, no, this is uh, back to the 90s bitches. Aha. Back to the 90s bitches. Yeah. Uh, tonight on the chopping block, we're going to be talking about the 20. 20- I mean, it was finished in 2022, so we'll go with 2022. All right. Because, I, I mean, I didn't get the DVD until 2023, but we'll go with 20. It, it was finished in 22. Okay. 2022 film, The Barn Part 2. Yeah, now. Much anticipated. No shit. Oh. Fucking COVID, man. Seriously. God damn it. Fucked everything up. But, you know, we waited with bated breath to get my Indiego Go copy of the special edition, yada yada, signed, all that stuff of the film. Um, just cause, you know, Doug, the first one was very hopeful for the second one, but we'll see before we get into that, please like, share, comment, subscribe, rate, review, all that good shit everywhere. You listen to your podcast across the socials. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, it takes a couple seconds for you, but it greatly helps the podcast and we want to keep growing. So definitely make sure to do that for us. Your madness boys. Yes. Thank I want to help out the madness boys. Now on to the episode. <laughs> on the episode so this one mary uh if anybody uh, listeners i hope you've seen the first one by now god it was fucking free for on amazon for like four fucking years i don't think it's on prime anymore i don't think it is i don't don't know it is yeah it was there forever but it gets passed around to the different streaming Mm -hmm. sites so it's it's an ooey gooey horror so it's somewhere yeah yeah uh it took place in the late 80s yeah and the we got a little bit of time jump with this new film, and it takes place in well, it starts off in ninety one, and then it the main story is ninety two, and um, yeah, so we're you know at the end of the first one, we have our character driving away, and uh, yeah, she uh, we're like, I wonder if we're ever gonna hear from her again, mm-hmm. and here's part two. Yep, <laughs> we do. Here you go. But it, it's a really good like pass down like. There's, you know, they talk about, they reference the first one, um, and there's a little bit of her moving on, but she's still holding their spirit, you know, I mean, the, mm-hmm. one of the big motivations is, let's have that, you know, Halloween, like, like. Celebration. Celebration. In the barn. Yeah. You know, and because that's what Sam would want, you know, keep Halloween alive, yeah. you know, and, you know, I get it, they, they do a good job of setting up context, like, okay, I, I, will, I will say this, the movie starts. Like, di- like swinging like the first one did. You know, the first oh, yeah. one we get a little girl with a pickaxe to the head, and this one we get multiple deaths. Oh, the fucking yeah, the Boy yeah. Scouts. The Boy Scouts. Yeah. Oh, uh, like and, I, and, and I got- they hold on. The little girl was one thing. There's a little bit of like you see kind of a I, if I remember correctly like a quick quick death. Mm-hmm. Nope. They tell you for the first fucking five minutes in the barn too. We ain't fucking around. We ain't fucking around. We ain't fucking around. No. You see some. Fucking hardcore deaths. I got one from, that I didn't like. Yeah, I was gonna say, which one would that be? That, that was the. Uh, it wasn't the main counselor. It was the priest, and he got the eyeball. That's right. It was like it was like a was it a s'more? Yeah, I was gonna say there was a s'more the situation. Fucking... Man, there's heads being squished, and uh, this movie says we're gonna go for it a little bit more in this one than we even did in the it's first. The formula, one. man. Yeah, it's the formula. It's the formula. What's Randy that, saying? Scream. Yeah. Scream 2. He's like, it's the sequel. Yeah. More deaths. You know, that's. And I will say they <laughs> definitely, I, I, what is it? Like, God, it's got to be like three times the amount of deaths in this one. Oh, easy. Than... If, he, if you're counting everything it, up from the end. Well, because like... you do have in the first one when they go into the um, the the Rockabilly show. Oh, well, yeah. So there's a good amount of deaths but, in that. Okay. But this one definitely says. We're gonna pretty much take out most of the fucking town. Yeah, and see, uh, with the first one, I count that that hoedown scene, yeah, not as like one big death because it was a mass murder, That's, right? Yeah, 
versus like a, a movie that spaces out and just does multiple brutal deaths. Well, you know what I mean? I mean, but I'm just saying, if you throw out like 30 kills just in that scene, mm-hmm. you still have three times the amount <laughs> in this fucking movie. Yeah. They go for it on so many We have many a church levels. in this one. Oh, yep. Yep. <laughs> we have a church in this one. Plus, you have all the un- unknowing people that go into the haunted thing. And so, yeah. everybody, that whole line of motherfuckers, they're all going to get fucking taken out. Everyone that works there, too. Yep. Jesus. Yeah. No, so, uh, yeah, they killed off one of the returning characters right off the fucking get. Um, and it was all right. So that scene was cool to me because as I'm watching it, you know, people think like you know around the campfire and all this was is normal in horror movies, but in reality, that's not the case. There's only a couple movies that have actually done the around the campfire thing. You know, you've got multiple early Friday Thirteenth movies. Yep. And then you've got like Madman. Up oh, the fog and the. Oh, in the fog. Yeah, remember? Yeah, in the fog. Like, All right, you little yeah. shits, I'm going to scare the, the fuck fog. out of you. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that, I mean, that, there's not a lot. That's effective, you know? yeah. That's a, f- yeah. Yeah. You know, because, but I, and I, I was thinking this actually ties more, because Jason never jumped out right after they were talked about him on Friday the 13th. It actually talk, it actually feels more like Madman to me, um, because, like, when you whisper his name above, when you say his name above a whisper, he's coming to murder you. Right. And... The kid, little shit, and madman said his name really loud, and then oh great, he's killing well, that counselors. Fucking priest, the you know, yeah, priest in disguise. Yeah. It's like, didn't you have us say that shit earlier? Like, <laughs> you're like, yeah, I did. Then, yeah, yeah, y'all fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> fucking asshole. Weird timing. We got to tell the whole story right before y'all about to get killed too, but they went for it. Like, I, you know, you still are like, okay, maybe somebody's gonna get away. There's gonna be something. No. The whole, all those kids behind, around the fire. Of fuck ton of all kids. fucked. Yep. Fuck ton of kids. Yep. And I will say, I, uh, this, you know, it was a great intro to our returning monsters, right? Because that's what these guys, it's not, it's a, in the vein of a slasher, but it's a monster movie. Yeah. You know, um, and we got to see what they look like post what happened to them at the end of the barn. Like, well, especially I, fucking scare, uh, the what? candy corn man. Candy corn man. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. Fucking, <laughs> shit's all fucking Memphis just <laughs> melted. Fucking. Um, well, Candy Court Scarecrow, excuse me. He, uh, because I remember running to Justin, the writer director, who there'll be an interview that I did with him at Mad Monster, uh, Con in Charlotte, well, Concord, whatever the fuck, uh, attached to the in this episode. He, uh, I, I ran to him like during the filming of this movie, so I think it was like 2019, you know, he was filming. Is that Cherry Hill? No, not Cherry Hill. I'm sorry, it was, um, it was Hunt Valley, Hunt Valley. That's what I meant, yeah. And he showed me like that mask, particularly. Oh really? Candy Corn Scarecrow. He's like, oh, what I'm I'm doing is called battle damage. Yeah. So they're all battle damage, right? Because they all got fucked up. Like you can see the lines in the boogeyman. You know, the miner. The miner. Yeah. You can see where his hoodie got cut in half, and like it got put, which pulled I, back together. Which I really like that. Yeah. 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 He yeah. added that kind of like these motherfuckers been through some shit. If you saw the first one, like exactly. So that was straight out the way. And now, okay, obviously, as your any horror movie goes, there's filler, there's dialogue. We get Diana Prince. Which was nice to see during the dialogue. <laughs> yes, <laughs> whammy. <laughs> can we also bring up fucking cameos? Like, oh, we got to talk about cameos. All right, can we talk about like uh, Justin and uh, you know anyone else involved with uh, uh, positioning these people? We got Joe Bob Briggs running a drive-in. Yep. Who does a quick breakdown of the he starts fictional his movie? Fo- yeah, He's- I was. I was. It'd be nice if he threw in like a foo. I know. Well, he started to. I think. Yeah, I think the guy shut him down. Yeah. It's like we got a, we got a, you know, was it tit foo and whatever the <laughs> fuck else he comes up with. Oh my god! And then we've got uh, Doug Bradley. That was Grandpa. Grandpa, dude. Grandpa Bradley. Grandpa Bradley. Let me tell you about this fucking tale. But dude, the way he told the story, like I was like, I remember watching the film. I'm just like, like just staring. Like, tell yes, tell tell me more of this story. And that's what you want. Yeah. Yeah. What's well, Doug Bradley? He's classically trained. He fucking, yeah. you know, he it's Doug Bradley. He, but how he about, scares the fuck out of these people yeah. and then brings the newspaper back up. He's like, all right, well, there you go. But he waits till the wick the weak ass son, you know, uh-huh. our, our Sam's father, like come, you know, is gone. And then he's like, oh, I'm gonna tell you about this shit. I saw this shit. And it was really cool because it gave us backstory, which is also something you, you usually get in a sequel, which is something you want. You you know First time it happens, you get like the reason. Like yeah. this is the lore. This is you know whatever is what you got in the first one. The second one, you get like someone who kind of saw like the well and things happen, right? And that's yeah. really cool. And uh, but like they gave him that 
his tagline at the end when they leave. He's like, raise some hell. Yeah. Like, yeah so cheesy. I'll be honest. Probably my top cameo is the mayor. Oh, yeah. Oh, the yeah. town. Was he not perfect? Was he not perfect for that? He's perfect. Dude, he's perfect for that. Fucking Lloyd Coffin. Dude. Fucking, and not only did they bring him in, but he gets to have his own fucking death. And you know he got a fucking kick out of oh, that. Oh, fuck yeah. You, love, you know he loved that shit. That, so when you hear his voice before you see him. Yeah. Because they made a point to like, do a special camera zoom thing over you're to looking him. at the yeah but like when when it when it actually pans to him but like you hear him talk a few times a few sentences before i'm like i know that fucking voice uh-huh. and i was like oh shit it's lloyd kaufman yeah and then the returning cameo from the first one which she was in very kind of what maybe i guess one or two scenes like yeah it was like of, it was like it was like one scene as miss barnhard but yeah, yeah but uh is uh Linnea quickly yeah yeah and, and she kind of was the bad guy in the first one but just kind of a filler setup for what brings the story going along. This one, she's definitely almost like the footloose bad guy, you know, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to stop Halloween celebrations oh, yeah. at all costs. That's the whole thing. It's like, it's literally footloose, but with Halloween instead yeah. of dancing. Yeah. Like, that's exactly what it is. And then you get to, uh, near the, what, near the end of the movie, her holding a chainsaw, fucking covered in blood. And I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah, no, she got she got some badass in there this one. That yeah. was awesome. And so the the two returning cameos, uh, Linnea Quigley and uh, Ari Lehman, both had way more screen time. Oh, yeah. You know. Oh, yeah, you mean Ari Lehman. He was literally killing people with the guitar. He was. Yeah. He was killing people <laughs> with a fucking guitar. He's keytard. so fucking committed to that. No, man. okay, that guitar is like way too big. I understand. It was way too big. It like, is. <laughs> but you, because you have to make it kind of buffed out, because I mean, it's a keytar. You, you're killing fucking zombies with it, right? Yeah. yeah. But also, it's a keytar. Yeah. That's just. I mean. Yeah. Man. <laughs> now, so the cameos were. Uh, am I missing any? Am I missing any? Hope not. Oh well, you have one of the sorority sisters is. Uh, well, I said they had Diana Prince. Yeah. 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 yeah so yeah, she's one of the sorority sisters. Yeah. So um, yeah, I feel like I feel like I mean that's a, I, I say that that's it that's a, that's a lot. I just I'm just making sure I'm not missing anybody. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I am. I think that was it. I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, and then you obviously you get appearances from some of the original cast from the first one that you weren't sure if we were going to see again since yeah. how the first one ended. But yeah, but I will say that was a bit of a surprise because it's Sam and Josh, and Josh was very his scene was very short, um, and. I didn't expect to see them. That well, that's what I'm saying. All, so yeah, right? like like yeah, I didn't expect to see them at all. Like I figured the way they the way it was set up, it's like you were good with the current characters. Like you know what I mean? Like you weren't wanting them to come back. And it, it was so it was a it nice was, surprise. Yeah, when it was it unexpected happened. because yeah. it, the torch had kind of been passed to obviously the what's her name from the first one, and then kind of these new characters, and you have this the the guy that works at the uh, uh, video store. Okay, can we talk about the video store scene? Did you did you did you please tell me you paused and like watched the the different films that were on the wall? Oh, they lined it up, dude. So it was some top tier ones, dude. Like that's the way it should have gone. And you can see that there's the top tier of like certain franchises right there next to each other, yeah. right in the middle. Yeah. And then some of the shittier ones, kind of lower. And that's the way I would have had my fucking video story too. <laughs> is like, all right, you got Friday Thirteenth, you got Part Two, Part Three, Part Four. Okay, six. Uh, if you look lo- way below that, you'll find some of the other Friday Thirteenth. Like, yeah. It was like, like that eight. though. Like you, they were showcasing <laughs> all the good shit right there, the right behind the characters. Yeah. Dude, that, like I remember. So at first I was like, oh cool, it's a video store. I always love to see a video store in a movie because yeah. just that's where I lived when I was younger. But then when I just like there was one scene where there was like a decent chunk of dialogue, and I'm lo- and I just happened to look in the look in the background. I'm like, you have to, oh man. fuck! And I paused it. I'm like, holy shit! There's a movie. That I can I could never remember the name of. It was it and fuck now I'm brain farting on it again. It's something prairie, like ghost, uh, ghost the prairie ghost stories or ghost stories in the prairie. But it had Brad Dourif on it, and he was like this traveling like. You ever seen that? No. Yeah, he's like this traveling dude, and he like runs across this girl that needs help, but she ends it- up being like kind of like a weird siren esque thing, or, or more like a succubus. Was that not even covered in uh, Search Darkness Three? It was a '90s film. Oh, so we're not there yet. Yeah, That's there true. Yet. Okay, okay, yeah. all right. Because it, it it was a '90s film, but it was all just right. cool. Like you know, I, I remember renting it when I was younger because I had Brad Dourif. I'm like, oh, Chucky. Like, yeah. Let me see what he's you know. And it, I enjoy. I remember enjoying the movie. It's kind of like Tales from the Dark Side. It was a '90s movie. 
that was good, but people, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, there was just so many movies, like The Blob, the OG cover of The Blob with the the dude. dude yeah, yeah, man, I was like, what the fuck? This is awesome. Yeah, it was it was pretty badass. So many fucking. But they bring they bring him in. You know, I mean, again, you have all the sorority sisters. So you have, I guess, well, you have the sister of uh, Josh, right? Josh, yeah, 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 as kind of the main best friend of mm-hmm. our returning girl. So you have that. And then, you know, you have all these kind of introduced characters, so you're not really... By the way, why the fuck did we not know anybody in the 90s doing this shit? Making what? barn fucking haunts and shit? Well, I'll say specifically, there's one of them that I really wish was incorporated into the, our haunted barns, which is uh, two of the girls that get... Yellow fighting? Yeah. Yeah. The slasher? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. just saying, like, there was someone I was like, God damn, where was that shit? So That dude was fucking creepy, by the way. Oh, the yeah, that's in the... I was more talking about their how no, they're set up and dressed. No, and... no, no. I get that. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> he needed to die. I'll be he honest. Was I forgot about him because of them. <laughs> we'll just throw that out there, okay? <laughs> but um, straight up, man, we talked about that. There's like three times the kills in there. What well, we also it's get... n- just not just the kill. It's not just the amount. Yeah, it's the way they were killed. But the way they're done. Dude. Some inventive, fun ass shit. Mm-hmm. Like str- seriously, practical. It was all practical, yeah. And that's—I'll throw it out there, man. I really, really love. I own the first barn. I, I tell everybody to check it out. But man, it really. This is really that sequel. This is the Aliens to Alien, where they just kind of packed on a lot more fun. Yeah, except for the Aliens to Aliens, it's more action versus horror. Barn Part Two is definitely still a horror movie. It still is a horror movie, but I'm just throwing out there. Just they went all in on the practical effects to just a, so much a higher level of what they yeah. can get away with. So. Yeah. Um, and they also we also have new monsters. Yeah, exactly. Things came out of hell Yeah, since the gate was opened at the end of the first one. And incorporating right. them going, all right, well, you know what? Last time, you know, we, we had some pesky kids fucking with us. We need reinforcements. So we kill you, you join us. We kill you, you join us. But then we also got the bird. But, uh, but, but yeah. I'm saying the bird with the injecting... Mm-hmm. Each oh, yeah, victim yeah, yeah, yeah. and going, all right, now we got a fucking army. You're not just going after us. You're going after your best friend from yeah. like earlier in the movie now. Yeah. And then I we, like that shit. And then we've got um uh the uh uh the, the pig. The pig, yeah. The pig. And there I feel like there's one more. Isn't there one more? Or was Bird, just pig. I think that the one that gets confusing is because he didn't have his hood on was uh the scarecrow. Some of the kills were without the hood, and then some of the kills were with the hood. Yeah, yeah. But oh, I, I, dude, that one kill uh, where he sends out his vines and shit because he's like up in the rafters. Are oh, you talking about the pump, uh, the jack lantern? The jack, yeah. Holy shit, the jack, yeah, scary yeah. jack, yeah. yeah, hollow jack. Excuse me, hollow jack. Yeah, that was fucking rad. There, yeah, because she's she was like suck. Was she sucking off the big disgusting fat dude? I think she's pretending to. I I, I <laughs> right, can't remember, I man. Dude, holy was, shit! But like that was that was a pretty rad fucking scene. Yeah, and yeah, that was all practical, but it looks fucking sick. Oh yeah, there's some kills in there. Again, you're just like, wow, to have a face get chopped in hat like in the yeah. front part. Yeah, always always a fan of that one. And that and you know and I say that and I, and I say that, but it doesn't get it doesn't get done a lot. So it's like I feel like uh, there's one movie I can think of where I've seen that in before, and like I'm brain farting on what it was. So it's not like a common death. Yeah, yeah. I mean the only one I can think of that's kind of like it is uh, Thirteen Ghosts with the fucking glass, but that's not oh, even. Oh yeah, that's not practical. Yeah, that's it's not practical. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking of, but it's not. It's not practical. And that's the thing is that man, we, we re bring it up so fucking much, but you know, keep practical effects in if you're a tr- big horror fan. There's some movies you can sort of get away with it. For the most part, it hurts us when you just rely so much on digital. And so a movie yes. like this that goes, we're pretty much uh, all practical and we're going to have fun with it. That's the shit that I, I can tell you the Madness Boys the fucking Breeze life. We Breeze love, life. We love that shit, all right? No, 100% love that shit. Like That's that's where it's at, man. That, because it takes so much creativity to bring that shit to life. Yeah. It, it takes so much more... like. It's not so much the skill of typing and making the thing happen. It's like you have to take things and then add things to them and then add things to that and make somehow a squirty thing. Like just, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that you've got to take like four or five things to make something squirt and gush blood and then like get the build up fucking um, latex and yeah. all that other shit. Yeah. And there's just something about like 
you could tell this movie was fun to make. It had to be, and, th- and that's the thing is that you know it's a it's a s- small budget. It got you know, like you said, it was pretty much funded. Yeah, well, so there was a big chunk of it funded. I mean, obviously there were other pro- there were producers. Yeah, but like there was a fun. It was funded. Yeah, yeah. Crowd. I saw, you know, I saw a certain person's name at the end of the credits. Uh, you know, that was the, from the that you mean the Geeks on the Influence Network. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was <laughs> might have been me. Yep. I don't know. Don't know what, don't know what you're saying. And I'll be honest, I I I should have done it because mm. you know you put your name, you put money in, and it's just really cool to see like what you helped kind of help like throw in. You get something like this, and that that that's one of the greatest things about doing the uh you know because there's another campaign and that that one I I did madness you know I did the I did us you yeah. know and um. Uh, Cryptids is another one that campaign that's going on, and he and and the director of Barn Two and you know the Barn is working with one of his friends to make an anthology monster movie called Cryptids, which Cryptids monsters, yeah, you, know, you know. So I'm really stoked to see when that actually gets finished. So they keep uh, they keep getting updates, but again, everything. Dude, COVID was horrible on major corporations, let alone so indie shit. fucking films. Yeah, let alone indie films, yeah. dude. Like the little guy got railroaded. Yeah, you know. So uh, back to the back to the movie. I mean, that was that haunt was so elaborately, and um, the people that the costumes they were wearing as the miner or as Hollow Jack or as you know uh, Candy Corn Scarecrow. Yeah, I swear I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure those masks were based off the original drawings that uh, Justin did because he wrote the barn when he was a kid. Yeah, like I mean, literally a kid. Um, and I think those masks, you know how ridiculous the boogeyman mask looked? Yeah. I'm pretty sure those were based off his drawing. Like, just kind of ref- to to bring in the original material. Can we throw out some, some props real quick? Dude is not just directing the movie. He plays the boogeyman. He plays the boogeyman. He plays the boogeyman. Think... Well, his wife played the pig. Yeah. Like, his wife was the, the pig crawling around and all that shit. And I'm pretty sure um, his kid was in... Um... One of the scenes at the end, but I could be wrong. Mm. <sighs> See, we didn't. So they, there's an interview coming in on this episode. I we I don't remember him mentioning his kid. He probably might not have put his kid through that. He might have. I might not. There's have, a scene know. in where they have the family, the whole town coming in, and there's some kids in the front. I thought that was, but I could be wrong. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I know he's got two kids. Um, I appreciate him involving his wife. Like, all right, you can put on the shit. <laughs> well, as when you listen to the interview, you'll hear apparently how much more, and I had no idea that his wife is involved, which is fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's a family affair. Yeah. Family affair. Yeah. You know? <laughs> put this shit on, pretend like you're fucking devouring somebody. <laughs> Love you, honey. It's awesome. That's <laughs> <laughs> so sweet. I don't know if I can push that shit. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I mean, well, I mean, she clearly, she, she's always a sweetheart. It yeah. Counts too. She clearly loves this shit. Yeah. You know, just as much, right? Otherwise, if you didn't love it as much, you couldn't like put up and support, put up with and support a husband who is good at it. And, yeah, like constant, like that's what he's doing. You know, like you couldn't. You know, yeah, you had not- to kind of be all in. It's all in on the. On yeah, it's like all that. in, man. Like another yeah, says, no- all in. Like I will put on the pig outfit and I will pretend like I'm fucking devouring somebody. <laughs> love you, honey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you know, and like I said, adding the lore and the well, and then everything come out of the well. And there was a big chunk of the film does take place in the haunt, but then we get. You know, where Ari had, like, said, fuck Miss Barnhart, and he's going to the fucking town to the committee meeting, and yep. when he shows up, and oh, man, then we just get, like, all hell breaking and loose. And then you kind of split between the two. There's still some kills at the barn, but there's some but kills. Everything's moving towards yeah. the church. And then you incorporate in the zombies, mm-hmm. which, again, like, you're not just dealing with the main monsters. You got the zombies here now, too, mm-hmm. which adds more kills, more fun. Um, I can't remember uh, the mayor. Does he kill it, killed by one of our main three, or is that by? I'm pretty sure it's one of the main three. Okay. Yeah, I can't remember. Like we're recording this, folks, uh, about four weeks after watching it, and I yeah. haven't had a chance to rewatch it. So it's you know, uh, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it's one of the main three. Yeah, he deserves a main three death. Yeah, it's Luke Hoffman. Yeah, come on. And uh, Miss Barnard kills a bunch of people. Chainsaw level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we got, like I said, like, yeah, some still st- stuff is still happening at the at the haunt. You know, Sam comes back. You know, he, I guess he he crawls out of the well, and then he does his thing. <laughs> and then Josh shows up at the last minute to save the day. Oh, dude, that very quick fucking. They, they ended that in that convenience store. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. some good shit right there. Yeah, yeah. No, this movie, um, 
definitely it it felt like a the first film but amplified which is what a good sequel should be and exactly that's you what know, i'm saying like, is is they they went from the first one and said let's throw some more shit in different ways more locations more kills just in gorier well, shit what about the very ending though like did sam get possessed is he possessed now remember because like like they and showed yeah out the window and his eyes glow yeah i'm like what the fuck no sam I don't know, I don't man. Know. I don't know. I have to figure out. Is there going to be a barn part three? Is this going to it's going to happen? Fingers crossed, dude. If we have a fucking franchise, dude, if there's of indie a barn films, three. It's probably going to have like a hundred plus fucking dude, kills in it. But like, if there can 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 there be an indie franchise? Because like all the franchises, the first one was indie, and then they're like, no, okay, now we're we got picked up. Yeah, now we're getting more money. Yeah, I mean Halloween two. They were be- they they begged Carpenter and Hill to write Halloween two. You know, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. Yeah, and he Nightmare Two. He sat down, drank some beer, drank wrote beer, it. Like, I don't want to make this I fucking movie. This movie. Yeah, uh, they kill Michael Myers in the car. Well, no, it's not Michael Myers. Some other asshole kid. Anyhow, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's so, Carpenter flicking him off. Yeah. Going, yeah, oh, Michael Myers. Tramer, no, ben yeah, Tramer. Ben Tramer. <laughs> ben Tramer. I feel like it's Carpenter going in. Michael Myers gets hit with the car. They go, dude. That's like thirty minutes in the movie. We still need to have another hour. He went. Okay, it's a fucking dumbass kid wearing the exact same stupid mask, all right? I was Anyhow. trying to be done with this. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. So it's not a cash cow like Halloween 2 was in the uh, way. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but it's, it'd be cool to just, like, let's keep that going. Like, and with no COVID, it hopefully, but we need it, we need to see traction on this film. Yeah, that's what I say. Pass the word. Yeah. I mean, it's fun. I, you know, I don't know if when it gets to streaming, like, that. You know, as the first hopefully barn. it comes to streaming. I hopefully you know? so. Um, just as the first one did, you know, I don't know if Shutter or somebody like that is gonna be able to pick it up, but just pass the word, watch it, fucking tell people about it because it was so much fun. I don't, I, you know, outside of cons, I don't, uh, and their website, I don't know where to get it. Yeah, like he, you know, because not only you know Justin Seaman also owns Scream Team Releasing, so he started Scream Team Releasing. He's also a writer director and an actor in his movies. So, uh, but you could definitely go to screamteamreleasing.com and we'll pick up. Put, we'll put something on the our site, possibly. Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, well, like when, when this episode comes out, there'll be links and everything to all this stuff. And, you know, uh, I mean, I've got tons of Scream Team releasing films because it's tons of just indie horror. Yeah. So we, but we need to start covering more of those. Right? So we haven't, like, we haven't done nearly enough yeah. of those films. I own, like, now I own, like, 20, I think. There you go. Of those films. So definitely need to touch on that. All right, so uh, we've gushed enough. We've given some spoilers, but there is some other parts of the film we want to keep, you know, because it is a fairly new film, uh, and you know, we don't want to, we don't, we don't like to sp- completely spoil the movie with our, with new releases. No. We, don't, we are still relatively good with that. But before you hear our verdict on the film, first you need to check out this rad ass interview that yours truly, Lodon, got to, got to snag with none other than Justin M. Seaman. Uh, the writer director of the Bar Part Two, and also plays the Boogeyman. Nice, yeah. yeah I'm jealous. Yeah, this <laughs> just a fucking cool dude, man. Yeah, he, he is. is such a fucking cool dude, man. And his, I mean, his, his wife, his family's fucking rad. Like his kids are adorable as shit. And um, they're out there at the con behind the pan. Like fucking kids are. Fuck, yeah, it's awesome. And um, also get a little info what's going on with the GUI crew, and we'll be right back. What's going on, everybody? This is Lowdown, coming straight from the mouths of madness. I am here at Mad Monster Horror Convention in Concord, North Carolina, and I was lucky enough to sit down with Justin Seaman. This is like part two interview, and I, this has actually been in the making for a couple cons. It just hadn't happened. Uh, I might have potentially drank too much and then didn't do the interview. Also, he, you know, he's a busy, you're a busy man. You're a busy yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I got to give him the proper intro. He's, he's like got the names. I mean, we're talking writer, director, producer, actor, business entrepreneur. Like you've got breaker of chains, maybe yeah, add that yeah, to yeah. it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, you do. You, you've literally starting screen team releasing. You know, uh, folks, you've heard him in the initial interview when we did a review on the barn. I attached the interview to the end of that review to go back. Uh, probably about 30 episodes, and you can listen to that, and that was with the first film. I mean, outside of what the film we're going to go into, I mean, what else has been going on with, like, running the company and getting that? Oh, man. Um, yeah, it's just, it's been crazy trying to balance, you know, a business uh, of the distribution side of things, plus making films, 
uh, being a husband, being a father, because I had two kids uh, while making the barn too, you know, and then uh, in the pand during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just it's been it's been crazy, um, and then obviously trying to have a business uh, and make a film in the pandemic uh, was just chaos itself. Mm -hmm. no, not knowing whether you were going to continue having a business and complete a film, you know. Uh, so I'm, I'm very thankful that both of those things, uh, you know, the film was completed and I still have a business. <laughs> you still have a business? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I know that what we talked about uh, prior um, was that, you know, you are very much, you wanted to give an outlet for creators a place so they can distribute their films. And that was one of the driving forces for Screen Team releasing. So how was it out, you know, like, you, I'm assuming you weren't getting as much content, like, emailed, like, hey, would you be interested in distributing this film during the pandemic, out, you know, and all that, too, right? Um, like, not of quality. Uh, let's put it that way. Yeah. That's, that's a nice way. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice uh, way to put yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I was getting a, we were getting a lot of stuff um, during the pandemic, just not of quality. Uh, yeah, yeah. So at, since the pandemic has ended, uh, the quality has increased. For, for, for sure. Um, but, you know, uh, the number one thing with Scream Team releasing is getting out here to the public, to the conventions, um, you know, because you don't see that a lot with a lot of uh, distribution companies that much, that they're, they're out here. Uh, and this is how we've, we've grown. And, and I meet filmmakers as one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, majority of the people on the label, we, you know, myself or other filmmakers that represent the business have met. Uh, these people and introduced them to me and brought them to the team. Mm -hmm. So um, it's this is very much important to get out here and you know and it's face to face, right? Yeah, exactly. Like they know the person, right? Yeah, and you, you, know, and you know that you're you know that when you're making this connection with us and working with us, that uh, you're part of the Screen Team family, and that we're representing your film, and the goal is to make you money and to actually pay you. So uh, not being able to come out here and meet people for almost two years uh, was very troublesome. Uh, to the business, so uh, everything's back on track now. So uh, we've got some really awesome releases coming out in t 2023 that I'm really excited that you know we can't obviously share yet because we kind of keep everything. What I'm waiting, I've got, dude, I've got. But Scream Team, like, so what I do with my horror collection is, uh, I, you know, depending on the studio that releases, you know, whether it be Scream Factory or Arrow or Vinegar Syndrome, like, yeah, I put those films like in order of the release, so it's like all the Scream, like Scream Factory stuffs, in in order alphabetically but they're in their own corner. So when you look at it, you see all the same studios. I realized this uh, prior to coming to this con that I'm like, holy crap. I've got like, I pretty much have like a pretty, pretty much almost a full shelf, minus maybe like, excuse me, a wide shelf, 10 films, minus 10 films maybe for Screen Team. Yeah, yeah. Because I've just been slowly just buying the films that you bring out. I mean, I, I'm all about that indie horror. You know, like I, I, I see a lot of value in it because so many films started out as the indie horror film, right? Yep. Like, I mean, we can we, we can wax poetic for days about Wes Craven and John Carpenter and all those guys oh, that yeah. were doing Texas that. Texas Chainsaw. I Texas mean, Chainsaw, yeah. Toby Hooper. Yeah, like we yeah. can we talk for hours about that, right? And it's just, they did, and they had to, they, they had definitely more of a struggle because they didn't have a screen team releasing that was willing to put out those films initially. Like, they, mm -hmm. like if you hear, listen to the stories from a lot of those directors, they had to like, hunt and scrap and fight to try to find something to release those films. Yeah. So I think what you're doing is awesome. Oh, thank you. I really do. I, I, that long story short around to that. Yeah. And also, I, I enjoy most of the films. Yeah. Like, I most, one of the most recent ones I got, oh, that's the film. We'll get to that scene in uh, in the barn part two, but uh, when we were talking earlier, White Doomsday. That's yeah. the one I was thinking okay, of I yeah, couldn't yeah. drop. I was like, and that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, bought that pre-COVID at a con. I'm like, that's some fucked up dark shit. That's some dark movie, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like you mentioned, uh, you know, outside of being a father, a husband, running a business, do all that, you're also trying to make a movie. Yeah. So let's dive in. Let's let's dive into the barn part two. Yeah. Um, I I know uh, I was part of the Indiegogo campaign, Indiegogo, excuse me, and you were really you were very um, professional in releasing updates about hey, there's been distribution slow ups, you know, trying to get the get them made, all the different versions, yeah. this and that. So I was very aware of like, okay, well, I haven't gotten it yet, but okay, now it's been pushed back two months, you know, and I finally got it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just is what it is, man. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm, I wasn't upset about it. Like, it is what it is. And I, I made sure I was like, I've got to watch this because I went on your the Scream Team website and saw your con list and I'm like, oh, he's, he's going to be here. So like, I want to make sure I've watched it to dive into this film. I watched it literally last night. Okay. And 
man, like, you know, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I enjoyed it for the film that it was. It, I wasn't comparing it to the first one. Yeah. It was a continuation. Mm. Uh, we've, got a, we've, got a, we've got a time jump, and that alone, going from decade to decade, even though it's technically a short time period, if you look back in, our rea in reality, yeah. there was a huge shift yeah. from the late 80s to the early 90s. Mm. And I feel like you encompassed a lot of that in that film. Um, one of the big things I wanted to ask you about is we really dove deep into the stylistic choices you made for the first barn. Like you wanted to film it like an 80s movie and you were studying techniques, the you know, cinematography techniques and all that mm. that they used back then. What did you try to incorporate to like capture the 90s or that transition? Yeah, so um, going off of the first movie, you know, we did a lot of things uh, lighting-wise uh, and filming styles uh, of Barn Part One to make it seem more of like a drive-in flick, you know, that you would have you would have seen in a grindhouse cinema type thing. Uh, for the sequel, you know, we did we did more of this was going to be more of like a full moon feature VHS type rental. We wanted to do a little bit less grain, no scratches, not so much grunge on it. On it, mm -hmm. um, we didn't want to put any tracking on it to make it feel like you're watching a VHS tape. But you can definitely tell that this, uh, you know, this isn't a pristine HD, you know, a transfer or anything like that. This, this is obviously a, a lower down, you know, graded film. Um, but also, you know, the colors. You know, we wanted you to feel like, oh, this has tones to it, warmths that could be compared to movies like Clueless. Mm -hmm. You know, because um, VHS is coming out of the 90s. Uh, they had they had color palettes, you mm -hmm. know, when you look back at those early 90s films. And um, so I was watching movies that, because obviously this is a college film. So I, I, tell, I tell people, I, I reference some things that I was looking at movies like Slaughterhouse Rock. I was looking at movies like Fright Night Part Two. Yeah. Um, Clueless. Uh, you know, even Scream 2, because the movie does center around Michelle being in a sorority. Um, so, you know, we were looking at all that diff different kind of uh, things that could carry in into this. Um, but a lot of it was the lighting um, location, uh, but, but mostly knowing what we were going to do in post-production um, compared to the, the first movie, which was not making it so... Uh, grunged up, yeah, with, yeah, with uh, with grain as well. But you know, we 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 did new cameras as well. We we uh, we got new HD cameras, so we could shoot in low light uh, a lot better than we did in the first movie as well. Um, so uh, you know, in in reality, you know, the the six year difference was was tr was real. Yeah, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. we really did improve. Like <laughs> going in from the the 80s to the 90s, we we really did jump. From you know mid 2000 you know to 2016 to 2020 as we as production did increase so did the the quality of the, the film so it, it really was true to it you know but that's, it, it, it assisted cool. us you know no, that, that's really cool like mm -hmm. as you and your crew mm -hmm. upgraded like it just kind of like the upgrade yeah. in the filming quality from the yeah I mean cool. and and we could have made it look pristine like you know as best as we could but we also sat there and we went the barn one has a certain look to it so to make barn two look like we could have shot it on a red and it could have looked fantastic but then if people would have looked at it and been like this doesn't even feel like the sequel to the barn because it could have looked like almost like um, a reboot you mm -hmm. know like another company made it so we had to sit there and kind of go like there's a certain quality that it has to look it has to look like a, yeah, a yeah. b film you know what i mean yeah um it has to look like a cheap B film. <laughs> Wait, I get what you're saying. Like you, you can't just you, you make a sequel. You want it to feel like a sequel, not verse, not like okay. Well, we can t we can clearly do it and have it look as crisp as possible. But then, am I really making a sequel to the original exactly. film? Am, am, am I doing it? Exactly. You're yeah, trying yeah. to just keep it true to form. Because we're in that space now where we we have the tools, we have the budgets, which is we, awesome. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we could make it look fantastic, mm -hmm. but we want to stay true to making it look like a true sequel to that movie and keeping. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a cheesy slasher B film, you know. Oh, so good. Yeah. Oh, I eat that cheese up, dude. It's like cheese whizzed yeah, out of a yeah, can, bro. I'm like, and, ah, put yeah. on some crackers. And I, I will tell people this, you know, this movie's not out there to, you know, shock, to do anything like that. It is a popcorn film. You know, it's, yeah. it's meant to have fun for 80-some minutes. And at the end, you're supposed to be like, that was a fun time. I hope to watch it again. You know, I hope for people to watch it again, you know. 
Yeah. That's that's yeah. that's the point behind it. Yeah, it's not for the auteur or whatever yeah, exactly. you know, or the or, or the or like the hard art student. No, a yeah, theater yeah. major. Like, oh, this is yeah. no. It, it's it's if, if anything, uh, both films feel direct a lot like an ode to. Oh yeah, yeah. but with its own originality. Exactly. You yeah. know, because it's got all the elements there and. Part of that is, I know with the barn we talked about that, you originally, as a kid, came up with that concept and yep. drew the drawings. Like, was the story for the barn too part of that as a kid, or did you kind of... Yeah, yeah, so there was a sequel when I was 10 that I wrote. It was called Zombie Railroad. Um, it was about Sam, Josh, and Chris, because Chris survived in the original story. Mm -hmm. um, and they're digging in, their, in, the, in the town, and they actually find an underground railroad, and they release this pretty much army of zombies uh, and with them comes the boogeyman and Howard Jack and candy corn scarecrow again and then goblins and all this stuff so I took a lot of elements of that's you know people will say like why is there zombies in this one well there's zombies in this one because of zombie railroad and I tried to stay true to my story as a kid and uh, you know that's part of the thing that I think for me that when people say that there's a charm to the first movie i try to sit there and i go what what is the charm because I, I really don't know I, you know i don't know what the charm is i really i sometimes i rack my brain and i go well, what what is the charm of the first movie that people like is it the way we shot it is it the acting you know is that is that you know is it the is it the bad acting sometimes that i had people act that way you know spe you know specifically for mm -hmm. making them watch movies that say act like this yeah, yeah you know um is it the characters is it the kills i don't know well, is it you know, um, the story that I tried to keep, the elements of like the goose bumpy type stuff that I tried to keep that was true to the childhood, you know. So, do you want, I, would, you, would you like my take on like what, is it, what yeah, gives yeah, it to me? Know, yeah, what, what is it? What is the charm I, to the first movie? Charm the fir to the first movie for me was a, a big part of it was obviously it was the way it was filmed as, a, as an 80s kid that like I, I teethed on okay. 80s horror, right? Mm -hmm. But the lore. So okay. it was the story, like, uh, just that lore, like, the boogeyman and, you know, you, and, and, like, the gateway to hell and, like, there's this, uh, and it was Sam and his Halloween rules and all that, like, mm -hmm. it, that, to me, because that's what it was about, like, from what I remember, that's what it was about, you know, mm -hmm. there, there were rules to Halloween that you learned as you started trick-or-treating as a kid, Yeah. and there, there has always been folk tales, there has always been that that thing that just keeps you up and that you tell at campfires. Like, hey, listeners, if you've never been to a campfire and some s'mores and told some scary stories, you're missing out, I'm telling you. Yeah. But like, I grew up with that. So for me, right out the gate, having that three knocks, trick or treat, all those different things was awesome. And then they also murked a kid with a pickaxe to the top of the head. <laughs> uh, but but yeah. then going right into Sam and how he wanted to keep Halloween alive, mm -hmm. it was almost like that Footloose-esque, oh, you can't dance, exactly. oh, you can't have Halloween. Yeah. You know, and exactly. like just fighting against that, like, uh, screw that, let's have fun. Yeah. And then, but he was still very serious when he has that conversation on the ride into uh, uh, um, uh, Weary Falls. Yeah. Weary Falls, sorry. I, there's so many two-name horror towns that I always get them mixed <laughs> yeah. up. I'm like, Cherry Falls, no, that's a different movie. Anyway, uh, yeah. that was what it was for me. And then everything else, the, the fun ensues, like the gore fest yeah. and all this. And like the continuation with The Barn 2, there's still that. Like there's still this story. Like it start, opens up with a freaking campfire. Yeah. Spoilers. Yeah. I'm not going to go any more into that because that I did not expect it to start that soon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, as any sequel, you kind of come out swinging. Yeah. But it starts up with ghost stories. Yeah. You look at Friday the 13th. They would tell stories about Jason around the, around the campfire. That's, a, that's exactly what that was. Yeah. And it's like, I love that. And it's, I, I don't look at it, as, I look at it as an O2, but, you're, but still being, you're, it was your own. It was yeah. your own creation. Yeah. You and everybody involved. I'm, uh, um, talking to your wife, really, it's not like she's been involved with some of the, you know, like, I guess some of the uh, work in the filming. And oh, everything. I mean, That's awesome. It, I'll just I'll just say this, not to you know get off topic, but yeah, yeah. I mean my wife Tanya, she's she plays swine in part two. Oh, that's uh, her. Yeah, yeah, oh. she's, she's the pig man. Okay. Um, but behind the scenes, she's everything. She's costumes, she's set design, build, she's caterer, uh, she's backbone. So I'll just put with that. If it wasn't for Tanya, there'd be no movies. So people who that's like amazing. So people who like the barn thank Tanya because yeah, and she allows me to make the movies. <laughs> No, but that, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's awesome. Because uh, she can pretty much that. say, hey, no no more making movies. We've, we've got kids. See, so we've got stop, a couple working together. Common games. goal. Yeah, stop, yeah, playing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. stop playing filmmaker. Uh, <laughs> but 
I mean, it was kind of a long answer, but because there is a lot there that I think has, is where that's yeah. where the magic is for well, me. That's, that's good to know because I mean, I, you know, I, I sit there and I go, I don't know what it is because people people say like there's a charm to it. Um, but for me, sitting there as like a writer, I go, um, I want to put elements of the story, you know, the, the, the keep it original. So mm -hmm. moving into you know, not not to ruin if anybody hasn't seen you know listening to this hasn't seen the sequel there are elements of zombies in the sequel i was gonna say i was like ah i see where that uh, now i see where that um, came from because that's that was fun i did not yeah, see that coming yeah. um, but also i mean kind of the gate to hell so yeah yeah, yeah. and you, you just know. don't know and you know and i wanted to make um i you know obviously there's there's new creatures in this one too mm -hmm. those creatures were in the original barn books okay um, the, the screecher and the pigman um, I didn't have the budget in the first movie to include them, so when I had the opportunity to make the sequel, I wanted to bring them in. Um, and we weren't sure like if we were going to get a chance to do it when the sequel started because the pandemic happened, so we were like, maybe we're just going to end up cutting them. Um, so they ended up being something that we ended up shooting, I think, like in 2021. Um, because then we finally ended up getting money to like finally get them made and doing all that stuff. So, so from a book, yeah, I was. Have you thought about on. releasing like the book? You know, kind of like Return of the Dead was based on a book, and then the movie came out. But I also have a signed copy of Return of the Dead from John Russo. I mean, I thought that was cool. If you read the books, you'd be like, it's just gibberish. Um, nah. in, in the original uh, Barn Blu-ray, we did do like um, a storyboard, right? Story, it's like a storybook you can read, and we kept it written written exactly the way I wrote it. You know, I, I have just, the original it Barn. It's just uh, nonsense. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> if, that, if that's what you're, if that, yeah. If that. It's just nonsense. Um, um, I don't. I don't. I know you said you had to get back because he is working here, people. He just happened to take a break and uh, and uh, sit down with we, me. We can talk a little while. Okay. okay. We're good. I, I, really I, haven't, wanted, I haven't got the message yet to get back to the table. I really wanted to dive into the sequel, like you, mm -hmm. uh, because like I mentioned, one of the things that was magic to me and the charm was the lore. Mm -hmm. And I, without spoiling it, I love the a the actor telling the story of the lore, but how you have that addition of someone who worked. Oh yeah, yeah, and and, and witnessed in, yeah. it and the tie-in, yeah, with the with the with the hard hat and the the hand and just you actually got just enough where it wasn't like full explanation or like talking, talking uh, like over explaining to the audience. It was just enough that there is that old timer that yeah. Uh, oh, I can tell you what's going on. Well, you know, you know, and that's that was a scene. You want me just to say what what's going on? Yeah. Okay. So that was a scene. Um, with Doug Bradley, yeah, and uh, I wrote that specifically with him in, him in mind, and I was we basically told everybody I said if we can't get him, I'm not including this scene in the movie. But from from the setup of the of the end of the first movie, I always knew that if I got a sequel, this is where it was going. It was always set up that Sam's grandfather would tell this because if you watch the the first movie. After Sam impales the boogeyman with the hook in the mouth, the helmet falls on the ground. He picks it up and it says Daniels. So he's kind of like, "What the fuck is yeah. that? You know, why yeah. is my name on this helmet?" Um, so I always had it set up that you would be like, "How is Sam connected?" Or somehow, why is Sam's last name or whatever connected to this boogeyman lore? You know. Mm -hmm. um, and I always and I knew after the movie, the first movie came out and people talked to me, they always liked the mythology of these creatures. And I always had a backstory that went from here and even further back. So I wanted to give them a little bit more of a taste of like, here's a little bit of more of maybe how these things came about. And you know, uh, I loved it. I, it was and, just enough. It was just and, enough. Uh, I was nervous having this in because it is about when we shot it. It was about ten minutes long, and we cut it down to five. And uh, I don't think any other actor could have done it, honestly. Dude. Uh, and even filming it, we were captivated with Doug. Because it was, honest to God, like listening to um, a grandfather tell you a scary-ass ghost story. To the point that when he did it, I mean, he probably said that, he told that story probably damn near 20 times because of the different angles we shot it. But when he did it the first time, after he was done, I mean, he, he, he just went all the way through it. But when he was done telling the story, 
literally Zane, the, the camera op, he turns to me and he goes, are you, you going to say cut? And I was like, oh shit, like I forgot we, yeah. were, we were filming because yeah. I was just so caught up in him telling the story. Oh dude, that's why, I, that, that definitely has part of it. Like I'm watching him, like, and I'm also as a fan, because um, I, I actually got a chance to interview Doug about uh, uh, six, five, six years ago anyway, mm -hmm. and um, I, went, I was discussing the spine chillers. Yeah, he's that's doing exactly the why I wanted him. And I listened to some after that because I didn't know he was doing that. I'm like, oh my, yes, please tell me a story. Like, just mm -hmm. keep telling me stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I saw when he put the paper down, I'm like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah this yeah. is awesome. Because I had no idea, you know, that yeah. he was in the film. Yeah. You know, um, and that was such a treat. And then, of course, you let him close out with, Race some hell. I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh yes, this yeah. is so good. Well, I'll tell, so you, I'll tell you a little funny story about that. So, that was a, um, it was always going to be in the script, but I was afraid to put that in when I submitted to him and his agent, because I mm -hmm. thought they'd be like, oh no, no, no. So when he got there on set that day, I was like, hey, there was a little bit of a rewrite. So here you go. And he looked at it, and he saw that I had put that in there, and he just kind of like gave me a glance, and he went, mm, naughty, naughty. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, you got to say it now, because you've been paid. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. But you, you know he loved that. You had to have loved oh, yeah, that. You yeah, ate yeah, that yeah. shit up, I told dude. him, I was like, you know people are going. But if you watch the, uh, if you have the Blu-ray, you watch the bloopers. Oh man, he was he was so great. So I didn't get into bloopers. Well, last you got to watch the bloopers. Okay. You got to watch the uh, the making of too. Okay. He was um he was just great. He sat down, did the whole interview with us. Um, I mean, he was. We told him we're like we just want like a five ten minute interview. I couldn't even use half, almost the stuff. I mean, he probably sat there for fifty minutes with us and talked. I mean, I, I could only use like so much of it for the, the making. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he just went on and on and on. Like it was so informative. Like. I only, I think our agreement was like maybe we needed him for four or five hours and he was probably there like seven or something just shooting a breeze with us. He was an awesome dude. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I never thought I, got, I would get a chance to direct Doug Bradley. That was probably the most intimidating of all the people I worked with. Not because he was like a jerk or anything, just because I'm like, this, he took it, he took it serious. Well, he's classically trained. Yeah. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, he showed up and he, like, he was asking me questions about what this character did that morning and, you know, the way he would sit there and take his glasses off. I'm like, this, he was really thinking this out. This wasn't yeah. just him showing up for a paycheck. Like, when was, I, when I know. interviewed him, uh, we, we, you know, we went into how it was basically like a family, right? It was like Hellraiser, uh, Hellraiser 2 and like Nightbreed, kind of all yeah. in one swoop, right? Yeah. And yeah. he was like, yeah, it was kind of like that, but like, he had just gotten out of actual theater, yeah. and it was like, oh, which I did not know at that yeah, point. Yeah. I'm like, oh, so th this dude's coming from like, no, I got, <laughs> I got the certification, motherfucker. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and um, th it makes it, it makes sense of why he can just absorb, just like kind of fall into a character so yeah. easy. Like he just builds himself, he builds, he builds it internally. Yep. And at, and not go, going back and rewatching anything that he's been in, I'm like. Okay, like, I, I, because there's some actors we watching, like, there's something there. That's why I just think they're awesome, and like, you don't know what it is. When I found that out, I remember watching, like, that's what it is. Yep. He just knows how to bring it, yep. like, but like, trained to bring it, like, all that. Like, for instance, Nick Offerman, uh, not to get sidetracked, but same thing, classically trained. That dude always kills it. Like, mm -hmm. you watch The Last of Us? Oh, man, he was dude, phenomenal. Uh, no spoilers for the show for people that might not have caught up, but episode three was, oh, God. <laughs> you just want to. Just cry your heart out. Oh yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, so uh, real quick, rapid fire. We, uh, you know, you brought back, you it brought some new cameos in. Obviously, Doug Bradley, um, and you brought some other ones back with more screen time. We got more Ari Lehman. I was so I heard on the phone, dude. I was like, wait, that's Lloyd Kaufman. And <laughs> I, dude, I heard it because we we've, we've actually had the uh, honor of uh, interviewing him twice. Like once over the phone and once at a uh, Monster Mania in Cherry Hill. Um, such a fun dude, such yeah. a great guy. Like, you know, he's another one where it's like DIY. Here's a place to put your films out, right? Was that an inspiration to you? Like, oh yeah, the screen I mean, team was trauma. Uh, like, uh, for, for sure. I mean, uh, my whole life. Uh, actually, when I was doing the first barn, I had his his book was how, how to make your own damn movie. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I haven't always been a fan of all of Lloyd's movies. Well, yeah, uh, obviously. You know, like, but um, I, I'm a fan of Lloyd and how he. You know, just getting shit done, um, and I always wanted to have him in something. So when I was writing the barn too, I wanted him to be the town's mayor. So I was super so happy awesome. that I was able to get him in. And I tell people, um, I didn't know what to expect working with Lloyd, but it was the closest thing to working with a live-action Looney Tune character. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're not wrong. Because <laughs> I mean, especially for his age. I mean, he just turned seventy-seven. Yeah, I mean, it was just. Uh, 
It, it just was. I mean, I just. I, you ever he's seen, a like, lively Bugs, person. You ever see Bugs Bunny like where he's like woohoo and he's just like going like bouncing like all, all over the walls? Yes. Stuff. That's pretty much what he was like. Mm. But it was a great thing. Yeah. You know. But yeah. it was to the point where it was like it was like hey okay Lloyd you did four takes of crazy stuff. Okay, now can you say what's on the script? <laughs> you know what I mean? I think I got enough like zingers and everything. Yeah. Because uh, he'd be like, what the toxic tarnation's going on? I'm like, okay, Lloyd can't do that. Can't say, can't have toxic stuff, you know? Or yeah, well, He's yeah. like, yeah, I gotta, let's hurry and wrap this up. I gotta get to the Trumanville premiere of the next film. You know, I'm like, okay, Lloyd can't use that. Let's go ahead and use the next one. You know, say what's on the script. Uh, but it was fun. Yeah, um, and then I didn't know he would pop back up, but I should have figured with the meeting. I'm like, oh, that, yes, there, I was, I, I, I know that voice. Um, and then we got Ari Lehman, who actually um, is going to the town with his fucking guitar. Holy shit. Yeah. This massive thing he's like wielding. Yeah. We made him the biggest guitar we could make. Dude, it was awesome. He was like, he's like, this is an actual keyboard. I was like, yeah, it is. Because yeah. I've seen first Jason, uh, yeah. they actually came to Richmond uh, once, and I'm like, not that big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just, uh, just ridiculous. It was hilarious. It was I just got a chuckle. Super oversized for smashing, yes. smashing things. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, uh, Lene came, came back, yeah. yes, and she got shut down a little bit in this one, which yeah. was kind of like her character, Miss yeah, Barnhart, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, which uh, Barn, we, we Barn did, Fart. We, we, was like that was him. That was all him, man. Dude, that was, was awesome. Like, no, and he, he only gave me only gave me those takes, so I was like, well, that's what we're using. But but I liked it. Yeah, it was it was his humor. Like yeah. it was like that's Lloyd Coffin. Yeah, like yeah. you know, like that's what that was. So I mean, yeah. So uh, folks, I'm telling you. Um, they can they can buy it straight from ScreamTeamReleasing.com, right? Yeah, that's the best place. I mean, you can get it from Amazon too, but man, we we get gouged on Amazon. Yeah, so go to the website. Come to Scream Team. Plus, we've got signed uh, copies that you can get them uh, signed by Joe Bob uh, and, and Diana Prince. Uh, oh, she's a foot. Yeah, forgot to mention <laughs> Darcy yeah. the mail girl, Diana yeah. Prince. Yeah, and you she's can in it. Uh, and get it signed by Ari and Linnea. Or Joe yeah, Bob. We forgot to. I didn't mention Joe Bob. Yes, Joe Bob has a cameo too. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not trying to cut you off from no, promoting. No, no, no. I'm just like these are the people that are in this making yeah. and their their scenes are prime for them yeah is what I, is where i'm going at like they all had the perfect spot where they needed to be in the yeah. film i mean honestly i uh you know we tried i didn't want to throw anybody in the movie for the name the sake of being like hey we have these people exactly just in it yeah. like i've tried to make spots for them that felt natural and that's what i felt when i watched it like yeah. truly like when they I, I didn't think about when they mentioned oh there's you know kids at the drive-in you know uh, da, da, da. and he's like hey i'm gonna go to the drive-in and check on the kids and i'm like okay i'm like there's drive-in I, in a million years, I was—I didn't expect to see him, and I, when I did, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that tracks. That—that that, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's—that was the beauty of it. That's—that's that's how it should feel. Yeah. And that's what I—then that's what I got, you know. Cool. Or Ari Lehman being like, you know, a continuation of the obnoxious DJ. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. that just makes sense. It fits for him. Like if you ever go, you know, when you see First Jason, his his persona is of that. Yep. You know, and it was just very fitting. You yeah. know. So, no, it was awesome. Oh, but again. You were saying ScreamTeamReleasing.com, that's where you find yeah, the film. Yeah, ScreamTeamReleasing.com, you can find uh, single discs, two disc editions, all kinds of stuff. I mean, we have a ton of merch. We actually have some cool news coming out here soon. If you keep an eye on the Indiegogo, there will be some new merch that we are going to be crowdfunding for Barn Part 2 here in the upcoming weeks. Uh, that's going to be exclusive. Um, so they should keep an eye out for it because it's gonna be very limited. But you're gonna want to you're gonna want to back it. Yeah, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep yeah, my eye yeah, out for that then. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's exciting. We've been working on it for a while. Uh, so Sweet. I'm, I'm really, okay. really excited to announce this coming up. So keep an eye on the Indiegogo. It'd be the same exact page. Uh, but yeah, yeah. And so I mean, I'm I'm glad people have dug it. Um, oh, there's the phone call. Hear, mm. you hear that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's it, folks. So yeah. also come to a fucking con if you're a horror fan. Yeah. Come, enjoy, come experience the con. Like, come. And you, all of the films the Scream Team has, you'll be able to purchase. And you'll be able to purchase, like, purchase, like the baller versions with the awesome slip covers and all that stuff. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you, and you'll meet, you might meet me or you might meet some of the other filmmakers that yeah. I represent because they're always running the tables. Exactly. Yeah. And it's always a pleasure to go to that booth and talk. I think we talked for, like, 20 minutes prior to the interview. That's over 20 minutes. Like, yeah, for sure. We still have more to talk about. So, yeah. But uh, this man's got to go. He's got to get back. He's, he's, he's doing his thing. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, thanks for supporting Indie Horror. Uh, if you check out The Barn 2 and you like it, uh, leave a good review somewhere. If you didn't like it, please don't review it and leave it anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. And um, everybody, until, we talk, until I talk to you again, embrace the madness. Yeah. In a world with too many reboots and remakes, two men will stop at nothing to make it even worse.
Join Mike the Hobbit and Atandi as they play by their own rules while pitching new takes on some of your favorite and least favorite films and TV shows. What podcast would dare to bring this upon the world? This is Smack My Pitch Show. My name is Amy Bogard. And I'm Mike the Hobbit. And we are the hosts of Deeply Upsetting, where we use our expertise to answer your most upsetting hypothetical quandaries, such as what non-wigged animal deserves wings? And what body part deserves a secret mouth? Which cryptid is the worst roommate? These questions and more that plague you will be answered on Deeply Upsetting, available anywhere you get your podcasts and at GUIPodcast.com. Coming straight from the mouths of madness, I'm Lowdown. I'm F.U. Hunter. Do you love horror? We fucking do. So this is a podcast dedicated to all things in cinematic horror. We're talking movies, television, composers, special effects artists. We're going to fucking cover it. So if you love horror, embrace the madness. Hey guys, Scotty P here with Smash on your left. And we are the Geek Fathers. That's right, bringing all the trials and tribulations of being a geeky parent. So welcome to our world. And as always, join us or cry. In a world of blockbuster movies, there's another dimension. The dimension of schlock cinema. Join us at Beautiful Disasters on a journey into the fringe territory of B-Movie Abandon. We review the flicks that are forgotten or underappreciated to give them a proper place in the annals of celluloid history. I'm the Groots. F.U. Hunter. Your guides at Beautiful Disasters. Come along with us for a fun ride. May, May the, the schlock be with you. you. All right, fuckers, I hope you enjoyed that interview. That was very insightful. Like, I feel like, uh, again, like, you know, I knew, you know, so his wife played the pig in the film, but I did not know that she did so much behind the scenes shit with, with, with the filming and the crew and the cast and <laughs> all that. Like, that's fucking awesome. And, you know, He'll be, he'll be Doug hearing about some of the cinemat- cinematography choices that were made for the film. Because I know we talked heavily about that on the Barn Part 1 interview I did, which was way back in 2018. Well, yeah, I was going to say. It's it been a, a while. long time ago. So go back and check that episode out. There's another interview attached way back then for that. So, but no. Great interview. Great guy to talk to. If you're at a fucking con and you see a Scream Team releasing booth, it's more than likely him. And he also, like you mentioned, he also get, has other... Not just his wife and you know his kids, but he also has other. Will have other film directors. Yeah, and, and there's that, some good that, shit in there that he release that he releases their films under Screen Team releasing, and he will have other directors there with their movies. Yeah, you know, so it's really cool to meet a bunch of indie creators. Um, so make sure uh, at the minimum go to the Screen Team Releasing dot com, go to that website, buy some shit, tons of fun stuff. Um, like I said, I own like twenty of their films. By now, yeah. It's and one similar. of their movies was covered on uh, Beautiful Disasters. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah. Summer Party Massacre 3. Yeah. God, that movie. You're welcome, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Movie's a fucking tire fire. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> the plastic baby after the... Dude. There's just so much, yeah. So dumb. Just referencing, just go back and check out that episode. Yeah, just, check, just, just check that episode. And uh, so, I mean, it fucking was an awesome movie. Bomb yeah. Part Two was fucking rad as shit. Yeah, I I kind of hated to it, but I'll say it for sure. Yeah, I, I I had so much fun. I've only seen it one time. I've seen the barn. Oh my god, ten plus times. Yeah, you know how long. I've but done... how long did it fucking take you to finally watch it, motherfucker? After I told you to watch it, right? Yeah. That, that's how. And there's been movies I think I've suggested to you that also dragged their feet a little bit. Uh, it sometimes happens both ways. Yeah, uh-huh. but let's just oh, say hey. <laughs> once just once once I watched it, uh-huh. it we said it before. You know, I do outside movies. It's the go-to once we get to fall time. I there's gotta gonna, put I'm the gonna barn show on, it. Man. I'm gonna show it at least once or twice every year. This I'm gonna add to it. Now it's gonna be barn one, barn two. This very easily fits into oh yeah, the hundred percent. How much fun the first one was with added kills, 
added intensity. Lots of fun. Um, and that's really the thing, folks, we didn't spoil for you. Like I mentioned before the break and listening to the interview was we did not spoil all the awesome kills. We no. we dropped some of our favorites, but there are so many good fucking kills in this movie. Yeah, that's what that, no, like, I'm saying. Uh, all, you're going to find out for yourself. Exactly. But I'm telling you, the, it was hard not talking about those. <laughs> There's some good fucking practical effects kills in this movie. So I put it a little almost over top of the first one just because of that. Yeah, I mean, and and it's it's a weird part place to be because we wouldn't have gotten that if it wasn't for the first one, yeah. right? Like it's a yeah. weird, yeah, it's that weird limbo of like, oh, because I I and I always love the origin, like, and the first one was such a good origin for the monsters, you know, mm-hmm. and also the the lore of like we got the whole film with Sam specifically and his rules and uh, for Halloween because like that's a big thing. Like I mentioned in the interview with Justin, like. You know there are rules to Halloween. Like they focus on that on Trick or Treat too. There, there were uh, this was set up to ward off evil spirits. There are rules to follow. Yeah. You know, and like Sam was so hardcore about that, but that literally was a thing we grew up with. Oh, and can know? we throw out just as you had in the original, you had in the '80s, and you get to the '90s, fran- the '90s oh, sequels. The soundtrack. Well, I don't even <laughs> say the soundtracks. You know, there's a couple tits in the first one. Mm-hmm. This one takes that. And just as it did with the kills, oh, there's a few more titties in this. A few more titties. Yeah. 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 Titties. So, and again, <laughs> that's that's a 80s, 90s slasher like go-to is you had a couple on the, the first one. Yeah. You, you doubled or tripled that bitch in the second. <laughs> the one trope that they didn't follow that was big in the 90s and also in the 80s but um, was they didn't kill the black dude first. That is true. Like he was the one that had the barn they rented from, right? Yeah. And he, they killed him like- He's he still like, pretty early on, man. Yeah, but they killed all the kids first. <laughs> they killed <laughs> all the, the kids, Scouts. but uh, people connected to- Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he, he died pretty quick. <laughs> he died pretty quick. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. But no, he still wasn't the first one. Like He was the first one. I'll give you that. Yeah. But he's like, what, number number six or seven? That, that's still better than being the first. On the number that goes up into the- <laughs> 60s, possibly. Yeah, so he's still pretty early on. He's top 10, all right? Yeah, yeah. He, he's top 10. He's top 10. But no, yeah, so that's that's the biggest thing is uh, I don't know if I can give a finite on if I if it's better to me than the first one. I need to sit with it more because I've sit with the first one for so long. And that's where it's- Like, I've literally, I I'm, saw the first one in 2017, and it came out in 2016. So it's like, I've been sitting on it, I've, I've been watching that movie almost five I'm, years. Yeah, and that's where I'm cautious- but I'm also, Six years, excuse me. I'm also a bit confident because of how much fun just this first viewing that I know as I'm watching with other people, as in the first one, I'm like, oh, wait, this shit's about to happen. This one, or, or, hold on, hold on. I feel like I'm going to be telling people, no, no, don't grab another beer yet. You need to see this. <laughs> yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Don't take a piss yet. You need to see this see part. This. Yeah, yeah. So, and I just, I felt like just this, even this first viewing that as much as I do that with the first movie, this one is... There's so hey man, much. We got like seven months. I know. We got seven months. Yep. And then we get, <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's it, folks. We're both in agreement. It was a great killer, right? Oh, I mean, it was fuck. a killer fucking film. Love the oh, shit of it. Oh, man. It passes. Love the shit of it. Well it... done, sir. Well done. Yes. Well done. Yes. Yes. Please make more. Please make a third one, yeah. Please make more. <laughs> With 100 <laughs> plus kills, one. and it's going to get even hard, more hardcore. How would you do that? Would you do late 90s or early Because technically, you could do a movie in the early 2000s, and it's a 20-year-old. It's 20 I years ago. I think you could almost make a fun "Quote quote requel remake of picking on that with that kind of late late nineties early two thousands where mm-hmm. everything got a fresh start mm-hmm. and you know like now whatever you know yeah the kids from the second one are now in college and talk about that night yeah when shit went haywire yeah and with a shitty two thousand soundtrack yep oh yeah <laughs> there's gonna be some new metal some, on some there new metal dude fucking going to school bro <laughs> <laughs> all right everyone. Thanks for joining in, and until we talk to you again, embrace the madness.